for this opportunity to come before your throne and to uh, hear your word, to share your word, to believe your word, to put your word into motion, to cause it to come to life. We thank you, Father, for your holy word. There's nothing wrong with your word. It's perfect. Uh, Father, we thank you to um, just help us to fill in the missing pieces uh, for for our lives, Lord, where there's uh, some doubt, we ask you to help us to overcome that. Where there's fear, we ask you to give us peace. And where there's complacency, we ask you to stir us up, Father, to action so that we can be excited about your word. We can understand that your word is flawless and it will come to pass without fail. And we love you and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to talk about God's uh, healing love. In fact, his extreme healing love. Amen. Because love is extreme. It is extreme. And uh, I think if, if nothing else, we can look to Jesus to give us that perfect example of the extremity that love will go to to manifest itself to people manifest itself in our lives uh, we know that um, everybody is seeking love uh, we're so sometimes so hungry for it that we'll try and deny that that's what we want you know it's it, it's just one of those things that's kind of unquenchable in the heart of man uh, it's definitely what's been missing um from man you know we even make songs about it um what the world needs now is love amen all of those songs that that uh, we we applaud love and we do it in in the measure that we understand it because we don't really understand love very well and you can only stand understand it through the eyes of god and through his son jesus christ and so if we want to get an example of perfect love and extreme love, we uh, need to go to the word and see how Jesus lived his life and see how he was able to um, impact the lives of people. Uh, when you would see uh, uh, phrases in the Bible where multitudes followed him, uh, he wasn't advertising himself. He was just being himself. Amen. He was being himself and multitudes followed him. Why? Because they were hungry for love. Uh, many times they couldn't even express it because they weren't sure uh, oftentimes why they followed him. But there was something about him that drew men to him. Uh, he said if he be lifted up, if we would just begin to tell the truth about him, then he would draw everybody to him. He would draw all men unto himself. And so he's able to do that because he is love. And and whenever God is on the scene, love is on the scene. And we have to understand that whenever we show up somewhere, love is on the scene. Uh, because God has placed his love inside of us, and it is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, don't ever let anybody talk down about your efforts to show the love of God. Don't let anybody discourage you from uh, being the loving person that God has created you to be. 
Um, don't let anybody rob you of that. Amen. And and don't rob yourself of it. Don't let the devil talk you out of being who God created you to be. You know, because the devil hates love. I'll tell you right now, he'll do everything he can to stop it, to quench it, uh, to pervert it, to make you think that uh, you're not qualified. You know, if, if you do one thing that's that's wrong, you know, the devil wants you to disqualify yourself from being the person that God made you to be. You know, we all have the love of God in our hearts to be shed abroad by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And this is something that is that the Holy Spirit is in control of. He's totally in control of how we manifest in the earth. Amen. Uh, you know, so many times uh, we get offended and find fault with people and we want to remake them. You know, make them somebody that they're not or somebody who's more pleasing to us. Well, how dare we put that uh, burden on somebody else? See, we just don't understand the love of God. We don't understand how it manifests through different individuals. The way I show love is probably different than everybody in here and then everybody else in here has their own unique way of showing the love of God. Amen. But it is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And so many times we, we start putting um, stipulations and boundaries and all of these kind of uh, um, uh, you know standards on one another when all we have to do is get out of God's way and let him show us and let him minister to us and let him help us. And so we'll learn how to flow in God's love if we will stand back and let God reveal that to us. Let him show that to us uh, and let him uh, begin to uh, unveil himself in other people and through other people. Amen. And and so that we'll begin to recognize the love of God so we won't miss anything. Uh, that God has for us and so uh, but it's good to to go back into the Bible and look at how the love of God was manifest so so God goes to the extreme to prove his love for us forgiveness is extreme because it's not concerned with self anything that's not concerned with self is extreme and it's selfless Dying for a person is definitely extreme. Amen. Jesus' love for us has been proven and tried. The final trial of his love was at the cross. Amen. God's love, um, uh, oh, God's love is fail proof and it's foolproof. Amen. Even after we sinned, God's love was so extreme that it followed after us and even overtook us when we had sinned and turned against him. So love doesn't think about itself at all. I mean, ever. Amen. It, it's interesting, you know, and, and let me say this. If God requires that we walk in love, then it must be that he already guarantees to supply every need that we have because if he doesn't want us to be concerned about ourselves, then he must be the one who's going to take up the the concern for us and go to bat for us and look out for us. So it's like this. You never have to spend a minute concerned about you 
what you're going to eat, drink, or wear, how you're going to make it, who doesn't like you, what you don't have yet, who doesn't recognize you, who doesn't want you to preach, and who doesn't want you to do this, that. And you don't have to give a thought to any of that ever. You just have to walk in love. Boy, that makes it easy. You know, if we don't have a burden of us on our, us all the time, we get over. As my dad used his thing was, if, if a man can get over the weekend, he'll have it made. You know, we can get over us as our weekend. We'd have it made. Amen. And I think God, that's the way God wants us to live. He wants us to live carefree. And the only way we can live carefree is to have faith and confidence in him. You you don't have to to struggle. You don't have to strain. You don't have to uh, do all the things that that are are cumbersome to you in life. Uh, you know, many times people uh, want to make themselves over. That that indicates you weren't made right in the first place. Huh? But we were all made right by God. <laughs> you know, I mean, he made us just like he wants us to be. Amen. No matter what you think about, anybody else thinks about, you are who you are by God's design. And he loves you just the way you are. Amen. He'll take care of the fixing. He'll take care of the changing. He'll take care of the, you know, I hear people say things like, God, remove anything in me that's not like you. Well, you be mighty empty, buddy. Come on now. God's got a plan for all the rough stuff. But, you know, I mean, that's a good prayer in theory. But when you think about it, he'd have to remove 90% of your brain. You'd be walking around like a zombie. Amen. But he has a way to cover those things. He has a way to leave us a little imperfect, a little rough, a little this, a little that. Just so he can manifest. He said, when, when you're weak, I'm strong. How am I going to be strong in your life if you don't have weakness that I have to uh, take into account? See what I'm saying? So then God comes in and manifests himself. In great power and great glory, when we least suspect it, when you're feeling your your least, that's when he shows up the most. Amen. And and so that's why Paul said, that's why I'm going to glory in my weaknesses. I'll glory in my infirmities so that Christ can be made strong in me. Amen. And so when you think about God's extreme love, it even covers our flaws. It covers our our faults, our shortcomings, our misgivings, our what we didn't weren't able to accomplish. Uh you know, I think about sometimes the way children are brought up. We put such burdens on kids sometimes. To be a straight A student, straight this, straight that, no no we don't we don't accept anything less than a whatever grade in this household. It depends on who's doing the grading. You're talking about subject matter that's concocted by carnal minds, and you're grading your spiritual children by that. Just a thought, just something to think about. You know what I'm saying? Something to think about. Because here we are, uh, made in God's image. In a perfect likeness of his, that's probably something you need to tell your children every day. You understand what I'm saying? Or 
you know, if if they're, you know, not living at home, sneak around everybody's house and put it on their mirror and lipstick. Amen. Say, look at God. Huh? Amen. And and just just to remind people who they really are. See, that's so stolen from us in this world. And and but but God loves us so much, He made us just like Him, and released us into the earth to do the things of God. To do things just like he would do. And so when you when you have that knowledge about who you are, you'll see the reason that God redeemed us the way he did. He could not leave us damaged and, and partially who we were supposed to be because of sin. So we had to go to extreme measures to get us back and to continue to work on us continue to perfect us continue to say what god says what you you know what satan you thought you had ruined my project but you didn't i redeemed it and i'm going to pick up these broken pieces of their humanity of what's left over after you've tried to destroy them and i'm going to put them together better than they would have been had this never happened to them and so that's how God does. That's why he goes to the extreme. You know, when people say, well, we, we're sinners. Well, you know, I was nothing when God. Well, that's not really true. You know, you were still made in his image. You were damaged by the world. But who hasn't been? God doesn't die for nothing. Amen. He dies for something worthwhile. So he always sees something worthwhile in us. You know, and I understand what people mean. They they want to embellish the change that's happened how much they appreciate what god's done for them but don't go so far down the the road of of being a nothing and a nobody you understand what i'm saying because god never called us nothing and nobody even when we are in sin the bible says he died for us so he called us worthwhile even even in our sin in our worst condition and so God has a plan for us, and that, that plan requires an extreme love. It requires a love that cannot be matched, uh, that goes over and above, exceeding abundantly beyond all we could ask or think. It, it even helps us when we've neglected to do our duty, neglected to do what God put us here to do, when, when we uh, kind of like put him off for a while or put him second best is like you always you get that conviction somebody's waiting for me to come to my senses over here so that i can go back to my first love you got me and 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 that's really the way he wants us to live he wants us to live close to him amen and and i think he has provided everything necessary there's no such thing as oh i've 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 gone too far down the road or i'm too old for this or you know it's i mean whenever he's waiting for us to wake up to him whenever amen and so it's just a good thing to understand the height and the depth and the breadth of the love of god that passes knowledge that you just have to you know experience it and 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 understand that it's there and it's real and it's like god just show me I'm just here. I don't want. I don't have an agenda. There's nothing I'm dying to have. There's nothing that that I'm just so avid about that 
my life wouldn't be complete without it kind of stuff you know all that drastic stuff we go through god there's nothing like that just show me just show me your love show me your purpose show me your heart show me who you are show me who i am you understand what i'm saying and allow me to allow you to mold me continue to mold me and shape me and perfect me into the way you want me to be so jesus left heaven and gave up his heavenly estate he relinquished power over his own life as lord creator heir and king all of those things were relinquished and he conformed himself to the image of sinful man so he humbled himself to look just like us and to experience life the way we would and the bible says he did it so that he could be a faithful high priest so we couldn't say well well that's true for god but not true for you know he doesn't know anything about this life that i have to live he knows everything about it amen and the bible says he was even allowed himself to be tempted in every area just like we are but without sin so he showed us that we can get it right amen and i don't care how many times we might attempt it and fail at it we can still get it right amen it's amazing how far god will go to the extreme with us to show us he said i he i still have called you my own i still call you beloved i still call you wonderful i still call you good i still call you a blessing i still call you blessed so he wants to impact us with his love by imparting his goodness to us and allowing us to see it come out through us that we could walk out these things without fear we can prove that god's love has transformed us we can live in that transformed life we can be that person that god has created us to be and know that we can be that and we're not bragging we're not trying to exalt ourselves we're just saying what is and i think that's the wonderful thing about his love it so transforms us that we are different people amen we are different people we are not the same if we'll let his love just work its work in us so he proved himself he humbled himself to be like us and proved himself to be a great high priest because he knew we would need somebody that could exercise extreme mercy over our lives amen and many times we go through life resenting uh the very things that make us precious <laughs> to god and in the earth you know i hated my upbringing cuz we my parents seemed to strive and and argue over money my father drank and it never seemed to be enough and i was thinking about this the other day and i said god i'm i'm just thinking about all the lies i've always believed you know before i i got saved and i said to myself i said you know i even believed all my life we never had enough to eat and never had and i said i'm still here i didn't starve to death we were never out in the cold i said and to my mind we were in extreme poverty and never had enough of anything you see how the devil lies to you because when you live by sight you have no idea what provision is 
when you live by sight, you have no idea where God is in things. Amen? Sometimes poverty is your greatest blessing. Because it puts you in touch with humanity. It keeps you in touch with humanity. Human weakness can often keep us in touch with folks. You know, because as a uh, as an unbeliever, I had a tendency to go to the extreme in overcoming poverty and lack. You know, I I would I had to have designer everything. You know, and it costs too. You know what I'm saying? And and I didn't even know how to pick the right designers to wear. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. What's wrong with being who you are? <laughs> What's wrong with that? Amen. And so that was my way of overcoming a, a rough start and making sure I made up for all those years, you know, where I didn't have the clothes that all the other kids had. Or I, I, I had to wear something twice in a week, you know, where other kids would have a change every day, all that kind of stuff. And so I thought about that and I said, Lord, how how foolish we are in darkness sometimes. When darkness really, you know, hides the truth from you, you really are in darkness. And I thought to myself, I said, you know what? If nothing else, lack taught me how to appreciate plenty. And it taught me how to not hold on to it. See, when you grow up in lack, you have to believe for something coming in on a regular. Well, when you come into the kingdom, that's the same thing God's teaching us here. You got to go day by day your daily bread. You don't have enough to, to try and store up forever so you don't have to, have to worry. You You have to let that go and start learning what God wants you to learn. Amen. But see, right now, I'll I'll go and get bread four times a week, or I used to. I just got got people to to take one of them for me. But I'll go do it because my heart is just that God, somebody's hungry somewhere. And you know where I would like to sleep late, I roll on out anyway. You know what I'm saying? The love of God will compel you and constrain you to do the things that are in your heart. See, I I would be under such conviction to lie around and sleep and let that bread go to waste and somebody's hungry. I couldn't even do it. I wouldn't even try. And I don't know, but I think maybe having been hungry, I thought I was hungry at some points in my life, helped put that in me so that I'm useful to God. Sometimes your lack makes you more useful. Just a thought for people who despise their upbringing. And we all do a little bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, you're good on looking back at your parents and saying, ah, they should have done this. Thing. What are you doing? Huh? <laughs> Sometimes we don't do as well. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. We sometimes don't do as well. Amen. I look at what my parents, you know, were, uh, they didn't have education, but two of their daughters have higher education. You understand what I'm saying? But if I look at my generation, 
like my me and my siblings, I can't say that about everybody in the family. You understand what I'm saying? So they batted 50%, and then if you look at the generation underneath, didn't do quite as well. So while we look at parents and criticize how they raised us and what they didn't do, they didn't know this, and mama didn't know how to help me, and mama didn't know, well, that made you think for yourself. Little brat, huh? Pointing the finger at somebody all the time. Come on now. Amen. So, so God's extreme love will affect us in ways. And it's, and I believe that Jesus, by the things he suffered, by the things he lacked as he walked this earth, that made him a better minister. And see, the things that we lack as well make us better ministers. And see, one day when we realize the purpose of different experiences in our lives, we'll be good ministers. You hear what I'm saying? Because we all got a ways to go in that aspect. That's why people are always mad at other people because they won't let them preach and they won't let them get up in public and won't let them do this and won't let them do that because they're not qualified as yet on God's standards. See, just because you got a prophecy and got a Bible and, you know, somebody said you could use a building or something, that don't make you a minister. Amen? It's when God releases you. Amen? And sometimes if you're not filled up with so much stuff, there's more room for more of God to work through you. You got me? When you know you're dependent on him, he's able to move through your heart in a greater way. He's able to show greater compassion to people. You know, I mean, there's not a time that goes by. I can't pass a a person that I know is sick without the the presence of God swelling up in me and, and desiring to be able to alleviate their suffering. See, but if I'm just walking around. What, I gotta get here. I gotta get this. Gotta get that. Gotta get. Gotta 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 gotta, gotta get. We stay out the gotta gets and get more into God. We can be very very effective and very very useful to Him. Amen. I have a friend on Facebook. He passes out tracks every day in Las Vegas of all places. And somebody was trying to tell him. Uh, you know how people wait make comments. You know, they sitting up at home, ain't doing nothing. They're going to tell you how to be a minister and you out there every day. And uh, they told him, well, why don't you ever witness? He said, I would be wasting my time. He said, in the time that I would stop and talk to somebody, I could pass out this whole bag of tracks. He said, the track does the witnessing. You see what I'm saying? Somebody had no idea what that ministry is about. I'm going to try to school you and talk you out of doing it the way you know to do it. See what I'm saying? And so so there's a lot of room for us to to get to understand who we are, what we're called to be, how we're called in the earth, and and who and what what we're to be doing with our time, our energy, our gifts, our abilities. God makes it easy for us to do what he wants us to do. Sometimes we think we're not doing much because we're not real busy. Because oh, huh? we, 
we look at say other people that we know say if you you feel like god wants you to be a minister and all that kind of stuff you might look at other people you see in ministry and you oh they busy all the time they on the road here and flying here flying there well thank god you don't have to that ain't what it's cooked up to be you get tired of flitting and flying and living out of a suitcase and it ain't it really ain't what it's cracked up to be sometimes now you love to get in that place where you can minister and reach people but you can do that where you are if god has called you amen if he's called you to be that type of person that ministers right where you are then you minister right where you are amen but for for everybody in here your ministry is prayer right now your ministry is being a watchman and and that's a 24 7 job you know god might wake you up in the middle of the night to pray he might you know and then people are calling you and then you see people on social media and they want prayer and all i mean come on now it's a 24 hour day seven day a week job it's a hidden one you know it's not prominent and thank god for that because sometimes prominence makes you a bigger target amen and it makes you less effective amen so you know i i remember when we used to you know i tell people people say well do you know so-and-so group and that group and that group and that group and see i tried to go group years ago when we first started you know you try to get involved and you know we (laughs) remember we went to washington for jesus we we honey we did it all we tried it all and we found out then people wasn't even praying so we we stayed in our hotel room and prayed we did more in that hotel room than we did out there and then nobody looked at the weather forecast it rained the whole time (laughs) people out there with sniffles and all kind of stuff you understand what i'm saying but we finally figured out why god had us there you know but in and we haven't tried to join groups since now if he ever told me to i would but i feel like we have we know what we're assigned to do see a watch is like this if you're a policeman and you're on duty from 3 to 11 and your assignment is to drive get in your car and drive and you have a route that you take if you just pull off and go down another street who you think is following is is covering your route you understand what i'm saying and so it's the same thing with this ministry you know we have to stay on our watch that's what that means amen you stay put you stay where god has you and you function in the capacity that he's anointed you to do it's so simple amen but at the same time you're a believer as well and so you're you're available to witness for christ to pray for the sick to cast out devils to do whatever is is needed in the realm of ministry as well i was looking back through some of my um uh posts you know some notes i i've sent to people in facebook on the messenger and whenever i see somebody on the on the on the main page that is sick i'll just say could you check your inbox please and i noticed from all the way back from 2015 2016 17 there's people i got the package i got my package i got my package where i'll send them free healing packets you understand what i'm saying i got my packet today i got my packet today the major of them are still well amen 
praise God. Glory to God. Some, amen, some passed away. You understand what I'm saying? But see, it's not my business to keep score. It's my business just to respond and do what God tells me to do to help people receive healing. But see, if if you can't be right there with people, that doesn't stop God from ministering health to them. Amen. So I had to learn how to use all the resources at our disposal in order to minister the love of God. Amen. And minister to people and help them to get where God wants them to be. And so when when extreme love has been poured into you, you're able to move in extreme ways to manifest that love. You got me? It, nothing's too hard for you. Nothing's too uh takes up too much of your precious time. You know what I'm saying? I'm on God's clock, honey. I ain't here. If if I was here by my own power, I would be blind, crippled, crazy somewhere in a nut house or on the streets. You understand what I'm saying? So I've been on God's clock almost for, well, for 40 years now or more. Well, I'm going to quit talking in a minute because i be there. <laughs> many years keep adding up up in here, Chuck. Hey, Chuck, kid, I've got a drink open on my desk. You mind bringing it to me? Thank you. I appreciate it. Amen. Amen. But but uh, I'm just saying that that there's something in us that's different from the world. It's it's that extreme. It's that thing that allows you to keep praying for somebody and encouraging a loved one or a parent to continue to believe for a miracle, even though it hasn't happened for years. See, that's extreme. Because the average Christian will pray for something one time. If it don't happen, they on to the next malarkey. Amen. And so we have to understand what, thank you, Chuck, I'm sorry, what we've been endowed with. And then God expects us to be caretakers and good custodians over it. See, we're supposed to be good stewards over everything. And I'm going to tell you the main thing we have is the love of God that moves us and can minister life to people that can help people. Don't get so caught up in nonsense and things that will pass away that you neglect to honor the love that God has has bestowed upon you and and, and uh, to re- return that in kind. Uh, make sure it's available to him so that it can be distributed as he sees fit. So God made himself of no reputation. He has vowed, excuse me, himself to the church to be her husband, her friend, and her groom. And he did that before the foundation of the earth. So he promised you everything before you even showed up. That's why it's good to learn how to be a receiver. And not try to question stuff. Oh God, I don't know how you could love me. Well, and you never will. So you might as well just try to receive it. Amen. Now, when you think about uh, most, of, <laughs> I never would say that to my husband. I won't say, "Baby, you got the best." <laughs> hey, what can I do for you? What can the best do for you today? You understand what I'm saying? You don't go talk yourself down to another human being. So you don't talk yourself down to God either. You know, you learn how to receive his goodness. 
even though your carnal mind might be telling you now or even know how he chose me to even try to do something right much as i'd have messed up but you allow your heart to open up to the goodness of god that he wants to pour into you see he's pouring into us to take away the stuff that might be a drawback because if he didn't pour in we really wouldn't be anything but he has a remedy for all of our shortcomings and it's more of him it's more of his extreme love amen sometimes you'd be sitting up feeling like just nothing especially if you'd have messed up and said something wrong or done something wrong and you hoping god don't find you and then you look and somebody will leave you a text message come out of nowhere from somebody you haven't heard from in a long time or something like that and i was just thinking about you today and i just want to thank you for doing your <laughs> huh you do oh god i just don't know how you can treat me so good yeah right and and that's how we live in this extreme love and this this uh, stretched love that stretched him out that put every sin of the world on his back amen and and it's available to us without stop without non-stop no breaks no limitations everything given nothing required except to go along with the program amen so extreme love takes no thought for his own life we saw that in christ he tells us to do the same way same thing but this is the difference take no thought for your life knowing that god has already taken thought for that see what i'm saying so he's not saying take no thought for your own life and then do without he says take no thought for your own life and and receive the best receive more than what you could ask or think in other words trade up whatever it was you thought you wanted out of life cash that in and trade up to what god has for you amen trade up to what he has for you everything he did was for our redemption he loved us too much to leave us in sin he couldn't look on us because he can't look on sin and he wants to look at us god wants to admire us god wants to show us off to the world and he couldn't do it while we were in sin so he went to extreme measures to pay every single penalty that we would ever incur in earth so that he could just to look at us amen i mean seriously just to be able to come face to face with us again (laughs) i was i was thinking about that you know and uh, every now and then i'm talking about in the world of real people and real marriage you know uh, sometimes i would be busy in the house or busy working or something and my husband would stop me he said come here a minute he said let me look at you you understand what i'm saying that's what jesus did but more to the extreme he wants to behold our face now see in a a real marriage it's every now and then you wonder who who came in here and took my husband and left this man you know i said am i getting ready 
I feel pretty good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But sometimes love will hit people like that. You, you understand what I'm saying? And, and, but it hits God like that for us every day. Every minute of every day, he feels that way about us. He wants to behold us. He wants us to behold him. Amen. He wants to be able to share his life with us. We are joint heirs with him. The reason we're joint heirs is to give us a safety net so we don't screw it up. If you just had an inheritance and he didn't have to be a part of it, you'd mess it up real quick. But the joint heirship is not to take anything from you. It's to add a guarantee that your inheritance will manifest the way it's supposed to. And it won't be wasted. It won't be damaged. It won't be discarded. You understand what I'm saying? So he watches over what he has empowered us with in order to make sure that it works out right for us. That we don't destroy ourselves with his glory. That we don't do damage to other people with his power. Amen. So then he begins to hover over us and help us. Give us confidence that that we can step out in miraculous power and not blow the whole thing. You know, not not mess the whole thing up. Amen. And so it's a wonderful thing that God has given to us. He even gives us the ability to repent and change our minds and stay humble before him. Because it's easy to get carried away when you, you're already thinking you're all that back in your old life. And that old stuff is still hanging around to haunt you a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And so he helps us. Uh-uh, don't look at that. Look at this over here. Don't, don't look back. Look at this over here. Amen. So he, he keeps the focus on him as a safeguard and as a surety for our success. The more you look at at the Lord and look in his word and understand him and understand who you are, the greater your success will be. You know, just just keep looking at him. Keep beholding him. He wants to keep beholding you. Amen. You're his prized possession. He went all the way to hell and back for us. So he wants to hold us in his gaze. He He did all that just so he could look at us. And didn't have to turn his head because of our sin. Now that our sin's been removed, he can look at us. Amen. Just want to sit up all day long and look at us. <laughs> if you never did anything, he just want to look at you. And marvel at your beauty. Amen. Amen. That's what he wants to do. So, he had plans for us that includes conforming to his image. So, he gets to make us into what... The final product of what he wants us to be. So he could behold our beauty again. Amen. That he was robbed of that gift. And so that's the why the extreme. That's why he goes to such length. That's why he goes to such depth. Because he's been robbed. And he wants back what was taken from him. Amen. And so we were taken from him. He wants us back. That's why John was always hanging around Jesus. And you notice Jesus, you never see an instance where Jesus said, John, come on, man, give me a break. Come on, brother, we out here in front of the peeps now. Come on, get on off of me, you know. 
John it says John was always on Jesus' bosom. Just couldn't get away from him. Amen. And Jesus allowed it. Isn't that amazing? The King of Glory allows us to get close enough to touch and close enough to, to be changed and transformed. When you when you're around goodness, you just want to grab it and take a part out of it. Amen. You just want a portion of that. And that's what God allowed for us to have to happen for us when Jesus came. So extreme love is what heals us. Amen. His extreme love is what heals us. John three sixteen says, God so loved the world that he gave. He gave a substitute to take our pain. To take our separation, to take our hurt, to take it all. Amen. And why don't we go to Matthew, um, Matthew chapter 9, and we'll see one instance of that. God gives us his faith. And that becomes our permission slip into the kingdom. It becomes our, um, let me think, what else can I say? Our uh, guarantee, our grace, our, our everything to, to be able to receive from him. So he doesn't look at the person of who we are. He looks at our faith. Amen. Uh, when he's granting and granting anything, that's what he looks like, and it looks at and looks for, and and that's why many times it might look like God's not doing things legally or not doing things by the book or uh, whatever. But he looks at faith, and and he judges faith, and he can either uh, perfect it and cause it to come up to the standard that would allow us to receive or he can not respect it and and then we can go and train ourselves how to express our faith in a different way you know he is the author and finish of our faith it's never finished he never rejects anybody who comes to him in faith but he will uh, do things to help us increase our faith so that the end result is always we can have what we ask for. Amen. As long as we believe. And so here we have uh, this woman with the issue of blood in Matthew chapter 9. And go down to verse um, 18. It says, While he spoke these things unto him, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay hands upon her and she'll live. Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman, which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I can but touch his garment, I shall be made whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort, your faith has made you whole. The woman was made whole from that hour. Now, this is a, an example of extreme love. Um, there were many instances where Jesus would ask people what they wanted. He would talk to them. There were many different ways <clears throat> that he had in allowing people's faith to work. 
So this is a faith that's just as extreme as his love is. So she's met his extreme love with extreme faith. How in the world could she believe? Now, all of these situations that Jesus, we find uh, in the Bible, uh, where where if you if you read the Gospels, you'll find like a face to face encounter between Jesus and whoever it is that wants to be ministered to. They would always shout, get his attention, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. There was a face-to-face interaction between Jesus and whoever he was ministering to. And that's pretty much the way it works with us most of the time as well. Except in the the case of our um, special miracle situation, if you can't uh, be physically where somebody is, you can send them word you can send the anointing you can intercede for them but in these ministry situations you see that this is kind of an extreme situation that this woman is in and it would have to take somebody who has extreme love for her to make that provision available to her so jesus always works in conjunction with the holy spirit the bible says he had the spirit without measure the Bible says the Holy Spirit never speaks of himself, but he speaks whatsoever he hears. That's what he speaks. So he hears what Jesus and the Father, the Father is the one who is the, uh, I would say he's the originator. He's the think tank. He's the idea man. Jesus is the word. He is is the offspring of the Father. Your thoughts are offsprings. Your words are offsprings of your thoughts. Amen. Because you think something first and then you speak it. So Jesus being the son, he's he sprung off from the thoughts of the father. And then the Holy Spirit works with Jesus to bring his word to pass by faith. So it's faith that draws all three of them together to make things happen down here on earth. So the Holy Spirit is is there hovering in situations where Jesus can't be. So the Holy Spirit that's in Jesus also hovers over the earth as God seeking somebody to show himself strong on their behalf. So the Holy Spirit is looking for the weak. Amen. Always looking for the weak. When you cry out to God, that's a sign of weakness. That's a sign you you don't have what you need. You don't have it all. You you need something. And so while the Holy Spirit is moving on this woman to tell her how extreme God's love for her is, Jesus is there where he's supposed to be, and he's releasing extreme love outside of himself. So that people can receive and be touched if they are in an extreme condition. He's got extreme power to help them. I mean, there's like no such thing as God won't do it, can't do it. You're not doing enough and you're not in the right place and you're you're something lacking in you that you can't have it. Because everybody's able to believe. We've all been given a measure of faith. Put it in God. 
and don't take it out of God. That's always a challenge, isn't it? To keep it in God. Because see, we'll withdraw our faith and say, oh, well, this ain't happening fast enough. Or this, or we <sighs> give that little sigh of resignation, want to give up. And then go off do something else and we come back later and realize the problem hasn't really gone anywhere. So you might as well stay in the pocket and ride it out so Jesus, you can play this hand out and see where it's going to lead to. Amen? If we only knew, huh? How extreme what he's already provided for us. We'd stay in there much longer than what we do. Not get so fatigued. Not get so quick to want to keep it moving. (laughs) So this lady says she heard of Jesus, one of the other accounts. She had heard about Jesus. Now she didn't just hear one time. She kept hearing. And I don't mean she kept running around listening for people to talk to her about him. She kept hearing it within herself. So she heard something good. She heard something that gave her hope. She heard something that was promising. And she kept thinking about it. She kept thinking about it. That's the first step to getting it, folks, is meditating on it. Instead of thinking... You know, when we hear something too good to, to for words or could, too good to be true, we tend to throw it out of our heads. But if it's a word of God, you need to hold on to and keep meditating on it. Feast on it. Don't be ashamed and afraid to feast on the goodness of God. Put your whole being into it. Spirit, soul, and body. Put everything into it. Yeah, sometimes we'll put in our time with the word. See, I hate that about myself. But I do it sometimes anyway. See, that's when you start detaching yourself from the love of God. Because if you would keep in, keep in his face and keep meditating on how much he loves you. How much he thinks about you. How much he gave up to just just to be able to purchase you out of your trouble and your sins. And the worst day of your life, he pulled us out of that over into kingdom royalty, over into a priesthood, over into to purpose and substance and ministry. Pulled us out of that over into everything. I think if we keep that uppermost in our minds we could kind of accept some of the things that he has in store for us we could have greater faith to receive them because faith works by love we don't know what that really means i double dog dare you to tell me you understand that that doesn't mean that doesn't mean you don't know or you can't but sometimes it's just indescribable. You just got to dive into the middle of his love and experience it. But if we could keep uppermost in our minds how much he loves us. Everything he's already done for us. If we if we don't get to heaven, man, we sure have had it great down here. You know what I'm saying? And heaven's so much better. 
And we will get there because we believe God. But just to understand the little bit of how he feels about us would release such extreme faith in us. Such extreme confidence. See, you're listening to the word, that's good. But you gotta, you gotta put your faith in God. It's gotta be in Him and His character and His personhood. And you can know the word and, and you can be proficient in the word and not really understand God at all. You just got some mechanisms going. You got some, some little bit stuff. And sometimes some of our trials come so that we can tap into his love more and get out of the do's and the don'ts and how to get this and the formulas and how to get that and how to get God to move and do this and how to. We can get out the how to's and get into a relationship of love with him. You got me? Now I'm the queen of how to get some out your husband. But he's flesh and blood like I listen. Yeah, I know myself. I got flesh and blood to deal with. He does too. You understand what I'm saying? So I got to work with that. And I got to work on his too. But see, with God, everything's freely given. So you don't have to work on him. We don't have to butter him up. You know what I'm saying? Even though we do, you know, with, with just ingratitude and in in relationship and releasing back to him what he gave to us release his love back to him that he gave to us and then let him release that back to us that's what that's about it's not about just a, a formula of worship and praise come into his presence with thanksgiving and we all know the scriptures but we got to start living it we've got to have fruit now from that relationship we just can't go through steps of listen i look at all the step and formula ministries and they're just as confused as everybody else out here now and they were supposed to have a lock on god do you understand what i'm saying nobody's got a lock on god god is god amen he's god and he loves us so here this woman devises with the help of the holy spirit a plan to get well she's desperate so she has time to think about god she has time to plot this out when she had money and was going from doctor to doctor she didn't have time to think about how she could get this from god she had given up on that a long time ago because really in in israel if your bleeding stopped, then you went to the priest to have your health established. But hers never did. And we can't say that she lived a life of sin because she eventually got her healing. So that wasn't a problem. The problem was a disconnect in her from her roots, her faith, and everything she thought that God was about. I'm telling you, when you can disconnect from all the rules, regulations, suppositions, and crazy stuff, and ideas here and ideas there, now you get somewhere. 
you can start leaping over every hurdle that was ever put in your way to get a miracle from God. And all she did was she heard about Jesus. And she kept thinking about it. She kept meditating on it. And she And one day she came up with her answer. And that's the way it is for all of us. In the Holy Spirit. You'll come up with your answer. If I can but do this, I'll have it. If I can just but continue with this every day, I'll have it. If I can go this way every day, I'll have it. See? She probably didn't skip a day thinking about getting healed by Jesus. And then the breakthrough came. And it came in her heart. And she saw herself going up, touching him, and receiving power. She knew a little bit at least about the priests and the priesthood. She knew that on the hem of the priest's garment was the power of God was was uh, was um, uh, represented by the hem of that priest's garment. Amen. The phylacteries that were there, they were little little scriptures rolled up and tied to the hem of the garment. Amen. There were bells and pomegranates. The bells represented gifts. And the pomegranates represented fruit. So on that garment was the provision of God for everything that the Jewish nation would ever need. And she figured it out. And she said, there's something in that hymn that I'm going to have to have access to. I don't have to let him know I need anything. I'm just keeping it within my heart that he will he will heal me. And I know if I can get to him, I'll be well. But I can't touch him and let him know it because I can make him unclean. Little did she know that he was a different kind of priesthood. Amen. His priesthood is he's the, uh, the order of Melchizedek. He's not a Levitical priest. Amen. And he's not a, a, temp, uh, uh, a, a typical prophet either. You got me? He's sent by God, but he holds a different office. So nobody could contaminate him if they touched him. That's why he could touch the leper. You weren't allowed to touch lepers. And, you know, at one time he told them, go your way. They got healed that way. Another time he touched them. Huh? Messed everybody's head up. Because the Pharisees were always trying to disqualify him. But then they saw him touch and they saw God manifest anyway. And that's one thing you cannot argue with is when you get God's results, there's no disputing. Amen. That God approved of what you were doing. And so God always approved of Jesus. Every time he, every way he did something, it was approved of. Because he did it out of love. He did it out of the extreme love that was a part of his character. So the woman with the issue of blood what she heard about Jesus reversed some things that had been true in her life. You hear the right thing about God, it'll reverse some messed up stuff in your head too. Amen. Even after you've known God for a while, you hear if you stumbling around a little bit, not sure of this, that, and the other, you hear that right word comes to you from God's heart into your heart, and, and it'll turn you around 100%. So this woman went from being disqualified for her miracle and her healing 
to somebody who was ready to get involved in an extreme miracle. She went from dependent on natural resources to 100 dependent on God, 100% dependent upon God and not wavering. The Bible says he who wavers won't get anything from God. She was sure and determined. She had hope in her heart now where she had been hopeless because of what the doctors told her. Now she was a whole new kind of person looking out for a, a better day all of a sudden. And God can, the one word from God can change your life like that. You can go from hopeless, helpless, not knowing which way to go, to all of a sudden it's all clear to you now. And you're on your way to a better day. And that's the way she was. See, for anybody who's feeling that way about maybe you've been mired in something for a while. You haven't made any progress toward God or toward anything, your goals or whatever. You can, one word from God can make it a new day for you. Ask God to give you that word. God, help me get off a dead center here. Help me get off of complacency. Help me get off of getting ready to faint. Help me to get off getting ready to quit. Help me to get off getting ready to get discouraged. And help me to get new hope in me like this woman did. He did it for her. He'll do it for us. Amen. We got a better covenant based on much better promises. So she did as what they call schooled herself in the faith. She heard about Jesus and she came up with a conclusion. Don't let your mind quit meditating what you hear until you come up with God's conclusion. You got to come up with his answer. Amen. Other than that, you'll quit on it. God, you give me the next step. You give me enlightenment. Give me understanding. Give me what I need to continue. Give me what I need to prepare myself for the next level. Give me what I need, Lord. Begin to worship him and thank him. God, I feel it coming in here now. I feel you touching me with your presence. I feel you touching me, touching my heart and touching my mind. I feel you transforming me into the person you call me to be. See? We don't have to stay where we are. For us, sometimes it's really just a state of mind. We just got to ask God to come in and change our condition of thinking. Change my meditation, Lord. Where I sit up and think about how long it's been. I've been trying to do this and I ain't got there yet. And all this. Change my meditation. I need to think about what's good. I need to think about how much you love me. Let me sit here at the foot of the cross and just meditate on what you've done. Let me wash, be washed afresh in your blood, your cleansing flood. Give me a brand new outlook on life. That's where it's found, in his presence. He'll give you a brand new outlook. He'll tell you stuff that will mess your head up for several days. Amen? Amen. He will. So, she spent 12 years sick and getting sick and getting worse. Now, nobody here has really been that bad, I don't think. As far as physical things, you know, we're, we're, most of us are not in any kind of agony or any kind of, uh, anything. If not, we can always come to the altar. God will take that pain away. Amen. He will do it. So, he says, <clears throat> God wants to, see, we, we suffer because of our meditation. Huh? We need to consider not some things. You know, if if 
if you have a pain and you can't get rid of it right away, quit thinking about it. It's less real. Huh? Anybody who's worked in a hospital knows that about pain medication. Am I right, Miss Pat? It don't really take the pain away. It just puts your consciousness in a different level where it don't bother you so much. Because <laughs> once you sleep that off and wake up, you're still in pain. Amen? There's really nothing that they they know that can really take care of pain. That's why people are still trying to figure it out, research it, coming up with new remedies. Because nothing really works for it. Why? Because it's from hell. And you need the touch of God to get rid of it. Amen. You get the touch of God and it will take care of all that stuff. Take care of all of it. Amen. So we we like consider not. (laughs) You have to be that way sometimes. This lady somehow came into uh, the press behind Jesus. She made sure her... her, um, her appearance wasn't known, so we know that Jesus didn't single her out. She singled him out, and I think that's where we need to meet him. Instead of waiting for him to single you out, like, God, what do I need to do? How long do I have to do this? How much of this do I Let's single him out. Jesus, I thank you. I'm touching you right now, and I expect my pain to go. Amen. I expect health to spring up in me. I th- I thank you, Lord. I'm touching you right now. Why sit around and wait for it, huh? Some of the biggest miracles in the Bible have been afforded to people who refuse to wait. <laughs> and we think we wait on something. Huh? Well, I know it'll manifest in time. Yeah, and it could be right now. Time could be right now. Why has it got to be somewhere off in the future? Why not right now? Huh? Sometimes you need to walk around the house and say, right now, 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 right now. Hey! Right now. Amen? Because at some point it's going to be right now. How come right now can't be right now? Amen. Amen. She refused to wait any longer. I guess she said, no, this man might go down the street, be in another town tomorrow. I'm taking what I need. Amen. You don't have to look at me. You don't have to touch me. You don't have to call me a special person or nothing. I'm going to take what I need. And so Jesus arranged her healing. He arranged for her to hear about him. He arranged for himself to be where she would be. On that particular day, and through the Holy Spirit, he arranged, the Holy Spirit gave her a word of knowledge for how her health would would be restored to her. Because she made a definitive declaration. If I can do this, I will be made whole. That's faith. There's no wiggle room for maybe I'll get it, maybe I won't. She said, nope, I made up my mind, I'm getting it. I'm not coming home without it. And so she had done enough of that. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes enough is enough. God's extreme love for this woman 
made preparation for her made it possible for for her to receive what she needed from him she took her time to meditate and get her answer and then she set off to get it and didn't let herself be discouraged or deterred or she probably had many times where she thought well i'll do this no but i can't do that they'll catch me well i can't do that i can't even go out the house i've been sneaking out to get to the doctor you got me but she's made up her mind. She It was worth taking a chance. But not just a chance, but she had a definitive answer. If I do this, I'll get it. I will be made whole. And once we can say that to ourselves, amen, when I believe I can be whole, and I believe I've received it already, I can be whole at any time. And I thank you, Lord, that right now, I'm whole. Right now, I'm healed. Right now, I'm saved. Right now, I'm delivered. Right now, I have everything I need. Right now, I have no lack. Right now. So her right now came when she touched him. And Jesus wants us to do more than touch him. He wants to be a part of everything that we're doing. He wants to be the agent by which we receive our miracle. He wants to help our faith. He wants to get rid of our unbelief. He wants to do the heavy lifting in this relationship. Amen? Why do we feel we got to prove to him how much word we've been saying, how much faith we got? You don't have to prove nothing to him. He know it ain't much. <laughs> huh? And if he gives it to you anyway, he ain't cheating. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know where your faith is raggedy. Come on now. I ain't hardly believing my confession sucks. Everything about me is off. Huh? Nothing been working all week for me. How dare I go to God with expectation? Well, if expectation rises up, it's got to be right. Amen. It ain't up to you to judge what he what he honors. Amen. It's up to him to give us what we need. Amen. In Luke 7, this is another one of those, uh, you know, it just comes out of kind of like out of left field. I mean, it doesn't follow any program that we think we can think of. You know, if we was granting health and healing to people, we'd be the worst, worst people to deal with. Well, they didn't say uh, this, and they didn't come this way or that way, and they was just all, you know, all kind of stuff. But anyway, in uh, uh, Luke 7, verse 11, and it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now, when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and many of the people were there with her. When the Lord saw her, he had what? Don't ever underestimate that word, because it flows in the healing anointing all the time. Amen. It flows in the healing anointing all the time. And he said to her, weep not. 
and he came and touched the bier, and they that bear him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. Amen. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. Now here's another example of extreme love and the product of it. There are many people who have had their dead people raised to life. Why? Because they weren't focused on steps and formulas. They weren't focused on did I say that right and did I confess enough and did I spend enough time in the word and, you know, just staring like a zombie at that page in the Bible. Listen, if you ain't going to do no better than that, close the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Just just get you somewhere by yourself until the the power hits you or something hits you where you can put some life into what you're doing. Amen? And understand God's love. Maybe sometimes we need to get away from our little familiar things and just sit back and focus on where you've been all these years with God and where he's brought you to. If if love that, that can activate faith doesn't well up in your heart, when you start meditating on his goodness that's what god told israel to do he didn't tell them we'll just get you some healing scriptures and and just pull them out he said rehearse in your ears stories of what i've done for you just anything you understand what i'm saying tell your children about it get your house filled with knowledge of who i am and my great love for you change the atmosphere Instead of a dry, dull, dead atmosphere where you're scared you're not doing enough to get something from God, why not just think about how much he loves you? Put the book down and just begin to meditate like this woman, like the woman uh, with the issue of blood did. She said, I know he will heal me. I just got to figure out how to get it. And she kept meditating on the fact that Jesus healed everybody that came to him. And she realized how she would get healing from him. And that's what we need to do. We need to come up with the God plan for the things that we want. Instead of just the step in the formula. And if you don't have a God plan, please stay with the step in the formula. You understand what I'm saying? But in your spare time, meditate on his goodness and his extreme love. If he, if he gave you his life when you were at your worst point, how much more now will he add to that now that his life is invested in you? He's got something of himself inside of you now that he wants to grow more and protect and to cause to come into life more. If it were true, you're more valuable to him now saved than you ever were unsaved. You understand what I'm saying? He'll go to more extremes for you. He's not putting you to some goofy test to see how much you're going to bend your life out of shape to get something for him. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. We got to believe that and find that easy road into what we need from God. That's what you need to do. And allow that to minister to you so that you can get a true uh, result. The result he wants you to get, you can get that. And it's not that far away. It's right near you in your mouth and in your heart. Just start to release to him how wonderful he is and how great he is to you. And how thankful you are that he gave his life. God, you'll give me much more and I know it. 
And I receive my healing in the full in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for goodness and mercy. We know that they are following after us because we're following after you. So we thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing for us. Thank you, Lord, for immunity from disease. I don't care what it is. All right, we'll do our confession. I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. Thank you, Father, that by the stripes of your son, Jesus, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise the Lord.